damn hot for a penguin to be just walking around here. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Now watch this drive. Okay, guys, welcome back to episode number 25 of The Sesh. I am your host, Chris Mancuso. Um, first off, I want to talk to you guys about... Um, Obviously, you notice we haven't had an episode in almost two weeks, and everyone that obviously, unless you lived under a rock, knows what happened with George Floyd. It was a horrible situation. Um, the video I did, I did a podcast the day of, and I, and I didn't release it because it was like an emotional, and like I just I didn't know everything, and it just happened as I watched it as it was going on, and I wanted to make sure we came back, um, and we and we came back to to make sense of this for everyone at home and, and take it as a learning experience, not only for myself, but for everybody. So we brought in uh, Kwame Damon Mason. He's the director of the Soul on Ice documentary. I think that dropped in 2015 and it was a documentary on, um, on the, what it was like for African-American hockey players coming through. And it was a really good, uh, good luck. So how are you doing today, my friend? I'm good, man. Appreciate you for having me on, man. How are you? Good, buddy. Good. And first off, I want to say, uh, obviously, a little tough. It was funny. We had, uh, obviously, with everything that's going on now and uh, you being, what, five years ahead of the curve on this issue. I mean, uh, George Floyd thing aside, you saw Akeem Alou. We saw the coaching situation with Peters in yeah. uh, the NHL and a whole bunch of stuff. So first off, man, thank you for taking the time. Cause I mean, the other day, I mean, you, you provided the greatest thing ever. I, I got, I got a bump for, for Ron McLean. So I know I'm, I know I'm in the right <laughs> Avenue here. <laughs> I'm yeah. in the right Avenue here when it comes to like who we should be talking to within this community. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that. First off, man, what's, Obviously, you saw this problem arising back in 2015 when you started the documentary. Um, have you noticed anything change in the hockey community up until now? Like, do, do, or do you think that we're, we're, still, we're still miles apart as we were? Yeah, I, I totally believe that there has been a lot of change. I mean, there is a lot of people out there that may disagree. And for those who disagree, I would say, well, you have not been paying attention. I know I've been paying attention. Because it's like I usually say to people, I'm just like, you know, when my film dropped in 2015, if you look at the trajectory of what we're talking about when it comes to um, inclusion, diversity, the issues of Black athletes in the game of, of hockey, as well as its, its history, you know, nobody was really, really talking about it prior to 2015. Mm -hmm. And once the film came out, in my opinion, personally, I feel like it gave people this comfort to say, oh yeah, we can talk about the issues. It's mm -hmm. out there now and let's, you know, be vocal. So, you know, when the film came out, you know, the National Hockey League allowed me to go to, at that point, about, I think it was like, uh, 11 or 12 different cities and I would show the film and after we'd have Q&A's and this was in participation with the different NHL teams and a lot of them were trying to you know figure out different initiatives so it gave them something to to do it's, to work it's very, off of, yeah. yeah you know what I mean it's very hard to it's very hard to say you know we're going to talk about issues uh within the black community and do it without any real context or any way starting point. And the great thing about my film is 
a great way to start that conversation. So I see a lot changed. You know, there was a time when, you know, in February, they considered that the hockey is for everyone month and that encompassed Black History Month, Mm -hmm. um, LGBTQ Month, Hockey Fights Cancer, the whole nine yards under one umbrella. And I know personally a lot of Black hockey players were kind of confused about that because February is Black History Month. Why don't we celebrate Black Black History History. that month? And then um, just about, you know, three years ago, a lady by the name of Kim Davis um, was hired by Gary Bettman to be an mm-hmm. executive vice president, the highest ranking black person in the um, world of hockey at this point. And one of the first things she did was to separate each month and to make sure that February was dedicated to Black History Month. So anytime someone asks me a question, has there been any progress? I always say yes. Mm-hmm. Is there a lot more to do? Yes, there is. But this is a long distance run. You know, this isn't a sprint to the finish. It's going to take some time. And as long as we keep doing steps and steps and steps, Mm -hmm. we're going to be good. Because at the end of the day, it's not about our generation. It's really about the generation that's coming. Yeah. And that's why for me, it was like, I wanted to make sure I did an episode where we could break it down like this, because it's so easy for me to anybody to come on and act emotionally after you see um, what took place in the United States and what continues to take place in the United States. But sometimes and and this is nothing like this i'm for the protests and everything but like me personally when i act on emotion i don't do things properly like that's just something me as an individual i understand in myself as if i get myself so i took some time off here wanted to come back now you see the way that things are going in the United States. It doesn't look good, but I mean, I, I saw some really encouraging stuff in my own city here in Niagara Falls, Ontario, and mm-hmm. all through Toronto, just peaceful protests where they're, 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 they're making stuff happen here. Like I, I believe I, I remember Ferguson in 2014, I believe it was. And yeah. I don't remember the impact coming across the border like this. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and it being such a serious thing. Now, when you see, something like that happened i mean as someone who this is a big issue for i mean that's disheartening and everything but what's the path forward here do you think for us as a people us as a civilization mm-hmm. like what can i mean i i see everybody we're listening we're this like i've always known this was a problem and yeah. and it's just like i feel powerless as someone who you know never grew up with any prejudice or anything like that like i've always seen this you know uh mm-hmm. it, it, where do you see like how can we get this back on the right track as a civilization outside of hockey? Like what, what do you, what would you like to see done? Well, first of all, like, you know, back on the right track. I don't know if we ever were on the right track. How do we get on the right track? You know what I'm saying? Better way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the biggest thing is to recognize and understand and admit there is a problem because once you can understand and admit that there's a problem, then you're open to suggestions going forward. You're more empathetic, um, you're more reasonable to discuss things that need to be done to help us go forward. I think the biggest problem is that, you know, the powers that be have had shut ears. And I think the people now are saying, all right, well, we're gonna make you listen. I mean, just the simple fact that this black man was murdered and people are protesting in Berlin, Germany. Like that tells you something. So 
the the noise is being used in now it's about the powers that be because at the end of the day you know it's the ones that are in the power structure they're the ones who it's got to trickle down yeah so for leadership comes from the top right yeah comes from the top so it it doesn't matter if you're a business like rogers communication or bell or Facebook, whatever it is, you have to be the ones that have to set the trend. And you know, one of the one of the biggest things I've always said about the issues of prejudice, racism, is the lack of inclusivity. Um, let's take Don Cherry for example. Let's yes, the Don Cherry situation, which was on the docket to talk about here, because I, mm-hmm. I, if I recall, I watched the documentary and I caught it late. Uh, Bruins fan personally, Willie O'Ree was doing his in looking him up, and that's how I actually mm. ended up stumbling on your documentary. I remember right. it, but that's how I re got into it, and I think I grabbed it off YouTube. But yeah, um, let, let's just go down that path because right. I definitely so, want to talk because I think he was in the documentary, was he? Don not? Cherry was in the documentary, yeah, okay, so, okay, yeah, yeah exactly. So it, let's look at the Don Cherry situation as an example of how things can change in our world. When I was speaking to some of the executives and people, the powers to be over at, um, you know, CBC and Hockey Night Canada, I said, you know, you guys have to also take some sort of responsibility because it's the atmosphere that's a big part. So for example, Hockey Night Canada been around for like 30 years. Don Cherry's been doing it for like 30 years. Look at the people that he has been surrounded with as far as his employees go, as far as the employees goes. If John, Don Cherry came into a workplace that was more diverse, more inclusive, yes. he would have conversations with people that look like myself, people that may be under the um, LGBTQ umbrella, people that might be Hispanic, people that might be um, East Indian. And he would have these conversations for many years and he'd have these relationships with people. He would, he would understand where they were coming from because he would have these discussions and he would understand why saying something like, you people is wrong. See, the fact of the matter is Don Cherry has just been around white people for the most part of his life. And that's all that he's dealt with. So he just gets that perspective. He hasn't had the perspective of of people of color. And I think if you look at your own workspaces, you got to look around and say, are we getting the perspective of all people so that I understand where they're coming from? So with the Don Cherry situation, I always tell people that people are saying, oh, he's a racist, he's a racist. And I'm just like, ah, you know, he's just a, a, a prejudiced old man. Yeah, which is like, exactly. And that's how I felt about it too. But it's such a, I mean, you you know what he said and you know where it's coming from, but exactly like to to really break it down and understand why it was said, just like you said, if they had hired um, like you said, diversely and to begin with, it would have forced him into those conversations because you can't come to work and talk to people like that in the yeah. workplace. And, and you know what? I think, I know he comes from a different time. And like you said, they bear responsibility in it as well. But like from you personally, did you meet Don Cherry during the, during the, the filming of that? Or was it just like- I, was, uh, I, 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 I met Don Cherry. I met Don Cherry, um, what was it? Tw- 2012. And we were 
in correspondence throughout me filming. And, um, you know, it wasn't until I, I, I um, saw him at an arena and his son, and his son was like, yeah, just email me, let's figure it out. And they were just like, yeah, let's do that. So I'm not defending what he said and stuff like that, but I don't know any racist no. that's going to come on a documentary to talk about black people in hockey. I just don't know any racist and, that and, would actually do that. No, and to be and to be fair, before you had done that, like what really did he like? I mean, he's Don Cherry, right? He didn't have to do it. So like he, he didn't did have it. To. No, no, and, and I'm with you on that. And that's a really cool way to look at it, man, because that for any hockey fan was was a big deal. I mean, I haven't even watched hockey that doesn't have Don Cherry involved in it, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, that was a shock to the entire, you know, Don Cherry became synonymous with the entire game of hockey, right? So, yeah. to but, look at but it. But is he, but, but, he's a part of an old problem. does he have bigoted prejudices that he does not know how to control or to understand and really yeah. spew it? Yes, he does. Absolutely. And I, I mean, tell him that in his face. I yeah. call him racist. I'm just like, yo, you're a bigot. You're a bigot. Yeah. I mean, Archie if you're doing Parker, it for, for Europeans, I remember being a kid, if someone's name was Berezin, you'd be like, Gugga Berezin from Europe yeah. or whatever. Yeah, he's always had those prejudices, right? There's a difference between being like someone who has like these prejudice ideologies and someone that is like a full-blown racist. A, a, a racist like, is going to stop me from progressing just because of the color of color my of your skin. skin. And... He could have just said, no, nah, I'm not going to be in your documentary. You know what I mean? But he was like, come on down. Let's do this. Put me in it. So that's, and that's just like a microcosm to everything that's going on in our world. I just think that there is not enough togetherness, understanding of where we are all coming from for us to be able to be more sympathetic or more empathetic in where we're going. You know, it's, 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 it's just, it's, to me, it's, it's as simple as that. So I don't worry too much about diversity. I worry more about inclusion. And that is exactly, I think you nailed it on the head. And that like, again, like, that's why I like having this podcast, like having these discussions because to me, I was like, my opinion was like, yeah, Don Cherry is an old guy who's probably raised that way. And maybe he does have some racist stuff. But when you do look at the environment and how you said, like, if it was a more diverse atmosphere for the last 15, 20 years, whatever years to begin with, he would have been forced into these conversations, forced into having to, you know, change his team. Not because he wouldn't want to, even because it's like he would actually have the perspective of someone outside of that. Now, you did the documentary in 2015. Yeah. Tons of stuff has happened. You see Akeem Alou, you see other guys across the sport of hockey come out and, mm -hmm. and talk about some of these horrible things that um, they endured. I saw, I, I always see George LaRock is a loud voice in the social media space um, mm -hmm. and players like that. Now, with everything that's going on right now, do you think that there's like another project that maybe you need to, uh, do you have anything planned to maybe further, I was, further I this was, agenda? I was, actually, I was actually about to shoot the second film as kind of like a follow-up to Saw on Ice, but the COVID thing just was like, Psh. yeah, so that shuts everything down, like, right? Damn it. But um, yeah, I got something, I got something in works that's going to show a new light. Cause at the end of the day with what I am doing, it's not about preaching. It's not about forcing 
any issue down anybody's throat. I really want to be in a space where I can make the black face, the black voice, something that is normalized in the space of hockey. Yeah. I want that when you see a black person um, being interviewed or their story being told, I want it to be, I don't want it to be like, oh, whoa, there's a black guy and who plays hockey? That's crazy. I want it to be normalized. And how you normalize that is to continue to tell mm -hmm. stories tell stories and tell stories you have to make it normalized and so this next one that i'm that i'm i'm going to be working on i'm hoping that the powers that be that asked me to um, do it they are still committed to it oh definitely uh, if 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 you know god willing we get that done i think it's just going to be another one of those films that's going to be like oh wow man i just learned something new you know yeah, I mean, no, and it's super important. Like I said, I watched it, and I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but it just, it just sparked this. That, that he was a junior player, and he was saying, like, you know, just growing up, he got asked, like, why didn't you play basketball? Yeah. Why didn't you play Jane this? Linda. Yeah, Linda. that's exactly who it is. And, you know, like you said, it has to come to a point where they're doing, like, a spotlight on these players. It should just be, like, he's a hockey player. It's this because even sure. when the media does it, it's almost like when you see, like, I watched something, I think, on the Subans once a while ago, like, when PK was in the league and Jordan hadn't even been in yet. Mm -hmm. And the whole premise of how I remembered it was almost like, isn't this crazy? There's a, there's a black hockey family. Like that was like, that was like the thing they were doing. And it's like yeah. how their dad got them into it. And it's like, why does that like, it's, they're, they're a hockey family. They're not a, they're not a anything hockey family. Right. Like yeah. I, mean, I did, um, I did something um, in Washington a couple of years back with a group called the black girl hockey club, which is a organization that brings black women and, other women, not just black women, but women together um, to go and watch major games. And we, were, we did a story on them uh, in Washington and they got to meet uh, Devontae Smith-Pelle, mm -hmm. um, Madison Bowie and Braden Hopi. And I was talking to Hopi and he made a great comment. He goes, I hope that there's a day when this doesn't have to be a thing. It just yeah, why? Well, you don't normal. even have to talk about it. It's like, it's why wouldn't normal. anybody play hockey? Like, there should be, exactly. everybody should play hockey, right? I mean, everyone yeah. says hockey is for everyone, but then, yeah. like you said, it's like these, these, these films or these little, like, pieces come up, and it's almost like a surprise that they're playing. Um, I got to say, personally, I'm happy that you are doing something because, well, I, the, if anybody hasn't seen Soul on Ice, you have to see it. And with the, like you said, there has been progress since that came out. You said the NHL, they separated it. They have their own black history month. There are little small victories, but like you said, everything and something this complex. And when there's been, like you said, the, when I misspoke earlier, it's like, it's never been on the right road. So we need to create the path to the right road. Yeah. And I think these documents. That's what we're doing. Yeah, That's exactly. Doing. And, that, and it is. And like, like any sort of construction project, there's going to be bumps in the road. And, you know, yeah. I see, People in hockey, there's this guy who plays for the Rangers, like Tony D'Angelo, and like he's he's starting like a podcast, and he's like trying to be like a conservative, like I don't know, I think he's trying to take this this whole like I'm not going to be PC stance, and it's like that's the last thing this needs right now. This needs like <laughs> yeah. something where like that that shouldn't even matter to me. It's just like I'm with you. How can we get to a place where? It doesn't matter. You're just a hockey player. I just want to hear PK Subban's hockey story. I want to hear like what it was like growing up having all those kids and not having yeah. it spotlighted on like why it was surprising, right? So yeah. 
man, I appreciate you fighting for the change in this as someone, I, I don't understand it, right? Like I, I personally, I always grew up, I grew up in a very, I had it easy. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. as far as, uh, as far as some of these struggles, I played hockey. Nobody ever said anything to me other than I was always a bit chubbier. So I probably got called fat a few times, <laughs> but like uh, outside of that, like I never had half of these like hateful comments and I always yeah. like enjoyed those too. Right. So it was funny, but man, I hope everything, like once this COVID's done, you can get working on that project because the Soul on Ice documentary, as far as hockey goes and the legacies of players like Willie O'Ree, Anson Carter, George LaRock and that, like these are important voices. I loved having them in there. And these are the guys that, you know, have been through it and will step to the front and continue to, to, to bring this fight and to, just to bring the fight for change, right? Like you said, mm-hmm. pave the road to where we're all driving on the same highway, right? That's so, it. That's it. my man, I thank you so much. I mean, we had a scheduling thing, an internet outage. I was <laughs> glad to get you to sit yeah. down with me and discuss this man and just like, uh, and, and talk about steps and, and things, how we can make the game a better place for everybody first off. And not just a game, it's society too, because it, I mean, like you said, we, we saw Ferguson in 2014, but like you said, we saw Germany. There's yeah. protests going on, Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter. Here mm-hmm. in my city in Niagara Falls, they don't even come out to vote. The only thing they line up for is wonton soup from this little place yeah. here. And yeah. I saw like 10,000 people in the street, man. It's powerful. It's uh, awesome. the, ti- the, the time for change is now. And, uh, and, it was, and it was then. And that's why I wanted to bring you on. Is like you saw the problems when nobody saw the problems. And that's why I wanted to talk to you because you were just so far ahead of this curve. You think about 2015. Like, yeah. That's before even the election was drumming up the stuff with, uh, with Clinton and Trump to begin with, right? So, yeah. man, keep doing what you're doing because this is the most, one of the most crucial fights in hockey. I saw Tyler Sagan, who everyone always said was like a party boy, and, and he was in the street oh, protest. He's, he's getting older. He's, 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 he's maturing, he's, he's man, and these guys, and these kids are, and these kids are serious about it. And, and, yeah. I, and this is the first time I feel like, I mean, I, 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 again, I don't know how to take it, but as someone from the, I guess the outside looking in, it, it feels like everyone's willing to educate themselves willing to they take these next steps i hope the league continues to work with you i hope your phone continues to blow up because this message this message is awesome i mean i'm sure it's hard when you got the little one at home but keep doing what you're doing man i don't want to eat up too much of your time i appreciate you coming by and just kind of making a little bit of sense of this talking a little bit of hockey and how and how we move forward and uh you know, we got the draft coming up here. Quentin Byfield. I mean, the the the, the uh, African American hockey community is bad. It has never been better. Yeah, he could be uh, the highest drafted black player in history. And he so. will be. He's going second yeah. overall, unless people unless people are crazy. Unless, unless they're crazy, because I'm a I, I, I'm an OHL guy. Byfield's the king. I, I love to see yeah. it, man. Um, Great talking to you, man, and uh, we'll have to catch up soon. Keep me posted on what's going on with the, yeah. with the documentary, man, and uh, yeah. we'll definitely be in touch. I appreciate you stopping by. And for sure, man. And, you know, again, it's just like it's all about normalization. That's why I started up a, a podcast called So On Ice, the podcast with Akil yep. Thomas and Elijah Roberts. You know, we're just normalizing and what you're doing. Nag Rice Dogs, bro. How nice. Yeah, you know what? I actually right. had, the, I had the honor of interviewing Akil before he got traded from the Ice Dogs. And like, mm-hmm. that kid is special. He's got a business he's already running. Yeah. That kid is going to change. Not, I think that kid will change the hockey world. Yeah. He's, so, he's so awesome. And, and Elijah, oh, I've oh, never man. heard anything, anything but good stuff about, but I never had the actual honor of talking to him. But yeah, the Zale and good uh, Solon a nice podcast is there anything else you uh we, we we can find you or anywhere else yeah just you know um if you go online any of those um 
the platform. So you go so on ice, past, present, and future. You'll see a lot of things there, and uh, we'll have to connect you with Elijah. Maybe let him have a conversation with you as well. He's a He's a good kid, and he's going to be going to Ryerson University um, next year and playing mm-hmm. for, uh, um, for yeah, he'll be playing for Ryerson. But oh, um, good, good, smooth skater out of his own zone, man. What a great skater! Yeah, just you know, just didn't catch that his father's height. Yeah, height. yeah, exactly right. Because yeah, he he's a physical guy too. He's not yeah. afraid to put his body in the way. But my friend, thank you so much for stopping right. by. I appreciate the time, man. And uh, we'll do this again, hopefully in the future. And hopefully when we're doing it in the future, it's just to talk hockey and nothing else. My That's man. it. That's it, brother. Thank you. That's it, brother. Take care. Thanks a lot. Peace out. Peace, man.